Ladies and gentlemen, amigos. God, these guys are loco. If you're looking for a responsible, mature podcast, this ain't it. If you're looking for a lot of drinking, random nonsense, stunts, and shenanigans, you've hit the jackpot. It's Amigo with your host, Scott and Mark. And we're here live, Amigos PC. Uh, we have our special guest, uh, Ralph Sutton from Gas Digital Network and the SDR Podcast. Or you just go by SDR Show, right? I like SDR Show. We called it that in the beginning because six years ago, I was embarrassed to have be on a podcast because I thought podcasts were for people that couldn't do radio and I was in radio at the time. So I called it the SDR Show, uh, okay. but I think it flows better. It's the S alliteration. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, I definitely. It's definitely. I've listened to a, one of your episodes just recently, and it's it's awesome. I love what you guys do. Like the most you. recent one, which that one was, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But that was, uh, that was oh, a great do. introduction to, to what you guys do. It was the co-ed squirt off. Is that what you're implying? <laughs> yeah, 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 that is that one. Yeah. <laughs> Once every three to five months, we do what I call a stunt show which is just basically doing something stupid, you know, just for the sake of being stupid. And uh, it's harder to pull off, obviously, when you are not uh, in, in front of people. So that was what we came up with. It was really stupid. That, that was awesome. I didn't watch the video, but I'm sure the video is sure, even better you than you the audio. No, I, I did. 17 times over and over again. You could be honest. It's fine. That's true. You got me. He had it on repeat. Of course, yeah. There's there's nothing else to watch out there. And now it's the only way Scott can finish. It's fine. <laughs> That's <true. laughs> that you you yeah you, you yeah. Look at, now you're turning him red. <laughs> By the way, Amigos PC. I'm assuming the PC is not politically correct. What is the PC part? It's meant to be for podcast. Oh, uh, but podcast. I mean, everybody is yeah. implying it as like uh, politically correct, which we definitely. Well, at least I'm definitely not. Uh, but originally I thought maybe you don't use Macs, you're only using PCs, but then I see it looks like a Mac in front of them. So that makes me think it wasn't that. So then I switched to uh politically correct, but I was wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah, see, we definitely... good. I mean, it, it keeps you guessing. Yeah, yes. It's very good branding when it's my third guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I definitely compared to your I, show, though we are not P. We're we are very PC, I guess you could say. Compared you are to, PC. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. well no, but, I mean compared to your show, yes, yeah. definitely. I guess. Um, also, you know, I I always do homework on any show I go on, so I listen to a couple of episodes, like just the um, I want to say actual episode, but the the one with the guy from Lock and Key and the, yes. one with the girl, the most recent one, and then one other random one. But it seems like every week you guys have fucking audio problems. What's going on over there? <laughs> we that, can't that figure is... it out. <laughs> Who's the tech guy of you two? That would be Mark. Yeah, that would be Mark. Blame that, Mark, man. Mark. He's the guy that does everything right here, this guy. I have yeah. to start Googling some shit, Mark. I got to tell you that. Well, this is the first time I'm actually back in the studio for a while with all this COVID stuff going on. So now I have the oh, mix. I got it. So you were the ones I listened to were the first that were in this new new world that we're living in, and that's why it wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. No, we've had technical problems in the past, too, uh, just trying to figure all this stuff out, you know, swapping out parts, which I'm sure you can relate to, you know, closets oh, yeah. of audio equipment just sitting around now at this point. This closet uh, right here 
is filled with about ten thousand dollars worth of failed experiments. <laughs> Sounds about right. We're not, we're not, we're not at we're that not level, but yeah. yeah, we've spent a, a good chunk of change on like different things that we've swapped out and upgraded and things like that. Uh, but once we're all back in the studio, uh, technical or the audio issues should really be gone. Yeah, it's it's funny is that people do not realize how hard it is. Now, I mean, audio is easy, but then when you bring in other aspects, are we going to do video? Are we going to have lower thirds? Are we going to pull something up from a computer screen? Are we going to take calls? Like each one of those elements brings in a whole set of shit. And yeah. it's crazy how. And then if you want your audio to sound good, like right now, Scott has a good microphone. No, sorry. Mike, Mark, right? Is it Mark, Mike? Mark, Mark, Mark. Mark close, has a good microphone. Close. Scott's microphone sucks wiener. And you can tell. It's just Thank horrible. You. Thank you. You know, spend the $25 and get a, a microphone because it sounds like you're talking to me from an echo chamber. Oh, well, he's in like one of his pool halls or whatever that he the Grand Canyon. Oh, if you look in the back, <laughs> I guess yeah, because I'm in the Grand Canyon, Grand that's Grand why it's Canyon echoing. That's, that's what you're hearing. Yeah, yeah that that's, that's yeah, that's why. And that's the thing. If he were to come to where our studio is, uh, there's a mic here that he could actually pick up and bring home. But he's just we're indie podcasters, and it's unfortunate. Hey, 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 and I'm sorry. Go, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, I'm all for just getting started. Just do your show. I know you're like 90 episodes in, right? Yeah, so, yes, in the in the grand scheme of podcasting, you're in it enough time. I mean, you see, it, you have sound dispersion behind you, Mark. So that shows good. That's a good sign, you know. So, yeah. and your microphone is a good microphone. So, I understand now in this world that we live in, I understand why you don't have a good mic. It's hard. It's really when um we found out on that Thursday, three months ago, that everything was going to close by Monday, I had to meet with my whole staff and figure out, okay, how the fuck are we going to get 25 shows starting Monday able to still stream their shows from their homes? So we pulled, like, all the mics out, all the all the video cameras out, and, and we just got, like, uh, 12 Ubers and sent them everywhere, and we were <laughs> able to keep the shows going. Amazingly, not one show skipped a beat, but some of them sounded terrible. Like even SDR had, because Jay rented a, um, he was afraid to be where we, in New York. So he rented a, a cabin upstate or something and their internet sucked. So they, they were kept, he kept cutting out. There's not much you could do. But in the, the, the important thing with podcasts, you just fucking forge ahead and keep doing whatever you can. And that's the right way to do it. Well, and that's, I told Scott too, I'm like, we're not going to miss a beat. I mean, at first we were like, okay, well, what are we doing? And it, and it did take us maybe like a week and a half to figure out, all right, well, we're just going to record remotely and, and try to figure out that way. Um, and we were recording from home through StreamYard and things like that. Uh, but, yeah, no, then we just started having technical difficulties left and right. And it was just – it's been insane until last week we both were like, we need to get back into the office and, and uh, into the studio and just – use our no normal equipment obviously yeah. Scott. I mean, can get this what i can one. tell you is this is that at every uh and i don't want to say level it sounds condescending but at every stage you're gonna have audio issues the, there's a crazy story is last may i think it was like a year ago i was in la and i had to go to joe rogan's studio to help them wire something because they didn't know how to do it oh, so wow. even they were having problems you're talking to the biggest podcast on the planet and yeah. I'm going to show them how to set something up. So wow. it just shows you that everybody has fucking issues. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Everybody has issues. 
Very true. What do you think about Joe Rogan and his big deal that he just made? I don't understand why there's anyone casting a negative shadow on it. I, the only negative I have, I have one. First of all, we don't know. I'll tell you what, there's a couple of aspects to this. We, the, the, the thing no one is talking about, which I'm surprised, is he said September he's starting on Spotify, and then by the end of the year, um, it'll be exclusive to Spotify, audio and video, right? Uh, yes, yeah. The thing that's weird about that is that no one seems to be talking about Spotify doesn't have video right now. So he just backhandedly I, launched the Spotify video platform that no one's even saying, well, what the fuck is that? What are you talking about? I actually said something to someone the other day about that. Uh, yesterday, I was like, well, d- so what is Spotify doing? Like, are they planning to buy like an alternate service like uh, Vimeo or something? Or like, are they launching their own video platform? Because Rogan is both. I don't yeah. understand. And he made he made a clear statement that audio and video would be on Spotify. Yes, yeah. So something's happening, and that hasn't been addressed. The other issue I have is like I don't care. He's probably going to lose a uh, even if he loses twenty percent of his audience. Who gives a shit? He has millions upon millions. Makes no difference to him. Yeah. The other issue I have is when you hear about these more and more multiple millions of dollar deals, whether it be the four hundred dollars Barstool got, four hundred million Barstool got the. 200 200 million gimlet got and whatever and now this hundred million dollar deal for joe it puts more eyes on podcasting which is a good thing but coming from radio which i did for 18 years i know what a pain in the ass it can be to be under the guide of the or under the thumb rather of the fcc and as right now podcasters have been super lucky there is no fcc for podcasting it's totally the wild wild west you could say anything you want whenever you want doesn't matter you know if pc stood for pussy control it wouldn't matter you could still do whatever you want right but pussy um, cock is what it pussy stands cock. for pussy, pussy cock yeah whatever whatever if it, if it was like the anti-politically correct show where every every show you make sure you say every inappropriate ethnic slur possible you could still do it no one's stopping you you know yeah but if the fcc gets involved it changes everything not just free speech but it changes things like maybe you have to give an id every hour of what network you're on maybe you have to make sure that there's a delay so that if you curse you have to dump it out who knows if the fcc gets involved it changes everything so my prayer is that this isn't the first step to a far more um politically correct landscape so you're, yeah. you're basically saying you you don't want it basically the podcast world to turn into the radio world, right. obviously, right? Yeah, because we. It was one of the main shitty. reasons why I left radio is that I I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. You know, it was yeah. like, it was a crazy like when I first started in radio, it was like the classic idea was, you can't say certain words, you know, and as long as you don't say those words, you're fine, and then it would be fun to try and figure out ways to say things without saying them. You know, because you couldn't say, I just took a shit, but you could say, look, I made a poopy. Funny, you know, it's not, it's bad, but it still would get a, you know, whatever. But then the laws changed about inference and connotation more than actual words. So if somebody, like, I got in trouble once, and I've said this example many times, but it's a great um, analogy to this, is that I said, a girl had said on an interview that she needed a hammer. 
and this was like a legitimate thing she was doing. So she goes, oh, I just need a hammer. And I said, stupid joke, I got your hammer right here, right? Which implies my penis, but maybe <laughs> you can't see me. It's audio. Maybe I'm holding a hammer. Who knows, <laughs> right? right? And I got a lot of yeah. really irate uh, my program director in like the, in the middle of at the time we, the show was on like 80 stations and um, this program director in Iowa was like called me up. He goes, how dare you? Your show was being played at a festival with children. How dare you? I said, you're the one making it sexual. I didn't make it sexual. You're I was holding a hammer. Right. And then it was back yeah. and forth. And that's when I realized, wow, this is getting crazy and it's just becoming not fun anymore. And that's when I started looking at taking podcasting more seriously. So I'm afraid it was a different thing of like, we're not going to tell you what you can't say, but when you say something we don't like, you're going to get in trouble. So you have no idea what it is until after you did it. Yeah, but exactly. Your boss saying, make sure you're on time tomorrow. I'm just not going to tell you when that time is, but if your time's wrong, you're going to get fired. It doesn't help, you know? So it was a crazy time and became less and less fun to work in regular radio. Having said that, there was nothing like live nationwide radio with no delay where you can't curse. That energy, you can't fake it. You can't, there's no do overs. The band is late. It fucks up your whole schedule. It was a crazy time. It was like in the, in the early 2000s. I started the show in 99, did it till 2017. And but in that early 2000s time, for like eight years, it was crazy. It really was fun. But I never, I missed that energy. Could you? You get the biggest podcast on the planet. It's still basically you could say and do whatever you want, and it's pre-taped for the most part. Because even if you're streaming live, I'm sure you guys realize this already with your show. What is it? Two percent watch live, if that much? Yeah, yeah, no, oh, not yeah. that many lot watch live. It's it's after the fact that yeah. we get you know hundreds to anywhere to well, we really haven't broke thousands, but you know, you know, a thousand at least views at some point or whatever. Right. So if something was said tonight. Where you know Scott admits that he was masturbating to that porn that we talked about earlier, and right. then he decides that he doesn't probably want uh, his wife and kids to hear about that. So can we take that out and post? You can, and no one but the two percent that watched it are going to ever know. So it doesn't really matter. And exactly. that's what's different about radio. Plus, with radio, not only were there no do-overs, but it never lived again. You said it once, and that was it. So if they missed it. They never got to go back and listen again. So that kind of energy is, is gone, really. Most radio is voice track these days anyway, and radio doesn't matter anymore. So that energy is gone. But you find new things to excite you. So, you know, we got people to masturbate on video camera. We figure out things that will turn you on. Do you feel that the FCC is it's inevitable, like it's yeah. going to happen? Okay. There's not enough money in podcasting right now. You know, the, they said, I think it was last year, $400 million was spent on podcasting. It's a drop in the bucket compared to radio and TV and movie endorsements. It's nothing compared, you know, we're talking in the hundreds of billions of dollars. So they just don't care. But once okay. it gets to that point, to me, there's no doubt in my mind it will become part of the FCC's uh, umbrella. So more of these big deals, like the Joe Rogan deals and stuff, is going to be what's going to. I think so. Push you know, them. I'm not a soothsayer, but I really believe it. It logically makes sense when there's enough meat on the bone, because also they don't know who's accurately paying their taxes, who's accurately, you know, representing their numbers. There's going to be some even now, like IAB standards and 
it's all like uh, it's the Wild West. It's all crazy. So they're going to come in under the guise of, oh, we're going to standardize this and make sure everything's fair. And by the way, here are the 45 new rules you're going to have to all abide by. Mm, yep. I don't like censorships. Uh, I don't know if that'll work in our in our little thing, but <laughs> going forward, hosts can't wear crappy iPhone mics or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for the shout outs, Ralph. You're 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 awesome. <laughs> so how 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 did gas digital network become a, a thing? Like where where did it fruition from? So I had been doing SDR for about three years at that point. And through SDR, uh, I met other podcasters. And most importantly, I would say, you know, the biggest show on the network is Legion of Skanks, which is my co-host's other show. And one of the co-hosts on that show is Lewis, uh, who is my, who is the G in gas. Gas stands for Gomez and Sutton. And so... We came up with that name because it also allowed for branding like High Octane Entertainment and Fuel Up With Us and blah, blah, blah. So it just was a good name because it had two meanings. And um, the uh, the thought process for me was at the time, well, I have a radio show that's on 100 stations. None of them are big stations. They're all small to medium-sized markets. But you put them all together and you can make money. Yeah. So why don't we get a few small to medium-sized shows like ours at the time, we were both a lot smaller than we are now. And collectively, we could start selling ads. And the actual thought process was I could sell ads through my radio show because we already had an ad sales department. And podcasting was an area that my ad sales company was looking into. So it all made sense to us. So we launched with four shows four years ago, three years ago, three and a half years ago. And it built from there. So there it was done in this room. If you could see behind me, it still has the guest logo and the SDR logo. This was my second bedroom that I had used for my radio show. I was doing the, my radio show out of here. And so we already had the equipment. Just in that, we even even had some basic video cameras and stuff. But So it was an easy transition to just say, all right, now on Mondays and Wednesdays, the four shows are going to come and record for Gas Digital. All right? Fast forward a year and a half later, we had 11 shows. And then there was... Anywhere from eight to 15 people in my apartment every day of the week. And I was about to go on a killing spree because I had no home anymore. I just was, my house became an office. And the the breaking point day was I was on a date and I came home at like 1030 at night. The last show was supposed to leave at 945 so that I would have the plate to myself. I gave it an extra half hour, 40 minutes. I came in on a first date to 11 dudes in my apartment. And it looked like I was bringing a woman home to gang rape her. You know? And she was like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm like, what are you guys doing here? And then I don't think she believed I was, you know, like my, what are you guys doing here? She's like, yeah, yeah, what are these? Like, you don't know 11 guys are going to be in your apartment, you know? And it turns out that one of the shows just decided they wanted to do a bonus show after they taped without asking me. And Uh I said, okay, we need to figure out another option and so i started looking for a space i found a space near my apartment and we were using the money we had saved up to start the um the refurbishment of that space to build an actual network but to me that moment when we opened those doors was when the network really started which was two years ago this week was when i look at it as like oh we're now a real network because 
We have actual bills to pay. We had to set up an LLC. We didn't need an LLC when doing it in the second bedroom, you know. But if you're going to rent a studio space, you got to rent it under the uh, the umbrella of the company. So two years ago is when we started. We had 11 shows. We now have 25. Um, the subscriptions have been doing well. The ad, Everything launched into subset businesses. So the ad sales splintered off into an ad sales company. The studio splintered off into a studio rental company. Merchandise split off to a merch rental company, like for uh, merch T-shirts and shit like that. And then the network itself still exists as the network. So there's four companies that came out of this thing, the umbrella being, you know, it's Gas Digital, and then there's the network. Yeah. The podcasting is the podcast place. The, the, the merch platform was originally called Merch Pump, but is now called um, Podcast Merch. And then um, we have the ad sale side, which it's funny because... Forever, I would call it the ad side. So we got to go talk to the ad side about this. So, so we call it the ad side. That's the name of that company. And do you have different people then running that then? Or well, like we have about uh, 13 people that are engineers, art guys. Uh, I think it's 15 now. Engineers, art guys, ad sales people, um, you know, producers, artwork, web guys, etc. About 15 people that work at the, at the network. We did not fire anybody, which is amazing to me that we were able to keep the network going 100%. Not a single show missed a show. And that was uh, stressful as hell. But it looks like we're going to come out of the other side um, leaner and even more profitable because it forced us to analyze every dollar. Yeah, okay. Did you guys see an uptick in viewership or listeners or things listeners like that? Great. I'm sure you've seen this on your end. I don't know if you did, but actual audio listeners across the board, be it Spotify, um, Overcast, Anchor, uh, they all posted 30 to 50% drops in listenership. Viewership has gone up dramatically. In fact, uh, both YouTube and Netflix in certain countries had to pull back the quality of their streams because they were afraid they were going to break the fucking internet. There's so many people are streaming. So our viewership, but you know, for us, I think we did it. I mean, look, th these numbers change all the time, but at one point, yeah, yeah. I think it was one or 2% watched live and then 4% or 5% watched the video on YouTube. And then the other 94% were audio listeners. So most of our listener, most of our base comes from the podcast itself, not the video. And that's not true across every show. Like Godfrey, who's a great show on the network, his video has blown up recently. So he's doing, you know, I don't know what his numbers are, but more video. Legion does a lot of video, you know, but um, my show is almost almost all podcasts, very little video. Um, so it depends. Some shows are much more video audio, but I think that collectively it averaged out to that, like 90, 94, 4, and 2. Do, uh, do, when you started the network and shows were going, like, were you gravitating towards certain sources uh, with, like, whether it be video or audio once you figured out what was working? Or did you just say, you know what, let's throw everything out there and see what happens? Well, we were already, every show was already doing video. Okay. Um, but the funny, and that was part of the precursor to be on the network is that you'd have to do video also. But mm -hmm. we've changed the business model. It's one of the, I think, um, benefits of being a smaller company is that you can easily change your model if you have to. So when we started, I think only the newest uh, five episodes are free. Um, and the streams 
the live streams were not free. Okay. But now all the streams are live in SD in standard definition. You go to guestdigitalnetwork.com slash live and you can watch every show for free live, right? But now it's 15 episodes and there was no YouTube. YouTube was not, was just for clips. So now it just became too convoluted to explain the business model. So now it's very easy. All the SD streams are live. The newest 15 episodes are available everywhere, be it YouTube or podcasts or whatever. The newest 15 episodes are available in SD. And then if you want it immediately, you want it commercial free, you want to chat live, you want access to every episode ever on demand of all the shows, you subscribe to the network. Nice. And we've, you know, we've changed that as we go. We may change it again. I don't, the one thing that we've been trying to adhere to a hundred percent, which is amazing that we did when we first started, it was so it's hindsight. It was a really stupid idea. You could subscribe to just one show on the network for $2 and 50 cents. Okay. After, uh, the credit card processing took its fee. We had like, a, I think it was a $2 and one cent. And then you split it with the show. So we were making next to nothing per person for a single channel subscriber. And it just was for that dollar and change that we were getting. It wasn't worth the financial headache to have those options available. So we got rid of it. But because we want to always be true to our fan base, we said, if you are subscribed as a single channel subscriber, we're never going to cancel you. As long as you keep it active, you can still have that. So we have, I think, a thousand people left that still are paying two dollars and fifty cents for one of like I think seven shows, and okay. they have the best deal. If they love that show, you know that doesn't exist. And when we started, I think it was six dollars and seven dollars for seven dollars to subscribe and six with a discount code, and now it's nine fifty and eight. So you know the truth is that people think we're assholes for raising the money, but to have your own private HD servers that are getting a cr crazy amount of, of uh, hits every day. It's expensive as shit. And you don't want to put it on YouTube because they'll all be censored or taken down. So they've got to be private. And it just, it is, that is our biggest expense every month is servers and, uh, you know, all, all costs related to the media. The media costs alone is probably more than a third of our monthly bill. Wow. Of our budget, maybe more. So it's, it's just which is, like your, which is like your host provider and stuff like that. Is that what you're our, talking about? The free stream provider, yeah. uh, which is art 19. It's much more expensive when you're a network. So if you're just a show, it's like 20 bucks a show, you know, but it's mm -hmm. 10 times that easily. If you're going to be a network and you want to access, like uh, you want to look at the, able to, instead of logging to each show individually, if you want to be able to look at the network, and then also, if you want to assign producers, you have access to your four shows. But I don't want, like, while I'm transparent 100% with the shows, your numbers, your subscribers, no other people do that. Like, SiriusXM, good luck on finding out how many fucking people listen to your show. They will not tell you. But we are 100% transparent with our shows. Having said that, we don't want people outside of the people working on that show to know how many listeners. It's not my job to tell Godfrey how many listeners Michael Bisping has. You know, it's not, if he wants to tell him, go tell him, but I'm not going to tell him, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
you're open about it, but you just it, it, you don't want to waste time. Giving like, yeah, I'm not telling anyone that doesn't work for me how many subscribers we have. It's not your fucking business. You know, yeah, I'm not right. gonna tell people how many listeners we have. It's not your business. But I will tell anyone that works for me that needs to know. They get to know. All right, I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna cross it off of my questions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good job. Good, good thinking. Also, what's funny is that because of the IAB standard, which to to non tech savvy people. It's a group of people, the Internet Advertising Bureau, that just for some reason we look to them to deem what quantifies a listen. And about two years ago or a year and a half ago, they changed their minds. So everybody saw a drop in their listenership by at least 10% to as much as 40%. And all my hosts got so angry because they thought we had something to do with Like, you know, we have nothing to do with this. It's just a fucking standard. And my analogy that put people at rest, but it's still, it's just an ego thing. So it's the same amount of people are listening. It's just how they're quantifying it has changed. The example I gave is if you're driving a car, I could tell you miles per hour or I could tell you kilometers. Kilometers sounds better. It's a lot faster, but it's the same exact speed. It's a bigger number, but you're going the same speed. So what's the difference? It's just your ego. And finally, they started to understand that, but it's still, it's a weird thing that we've decided that they are, the uh the end all be all for a listenership well i like the, the analogy you use to convey that though because when because for us it seemed like they made that change or our host provider maybe went to how they gauged uh listenership or things like that uh, probably about a year ago yeah and we took a huge hit on our listens as a total like they just removed listens right off of yeah. but again it's not, it's not removing listeners it's just a different calculation yeah. for how the listener was quantified. It doesn't it matter really- because they also don't even act like it doesn't account for, I could download your show as an MP3 and yeah. share it with 50,000 people that all listen. It counts as one listen because they can't know about a shared file. There's no way to know if yeah. it's a shared download. And I have seen SDR on clout- countless torrents when I was, doing my illegal torrent movie downloads, right? And even on, um, I don't know if you know what Cody is, but it's like a, a thing to yeah. watch. So on Cody, there's a channel for SDR. Someone set up. I didn't set it up. I can guarantee you we're not getting counted on those, yeah. you know? So what are you going to do? Um, that will never factor into how many people listen. So again, I think it's weird that we've all decided to bow down to IAB and say, okay, I guess they know what they're talking about. It's just, it's just weird. I understand there needs to be a quanti- quantifier of some sort, but we actually just tell advertisers, try us out. If we don't give you good returns, then don't use us again. And most of our advertisers have been with us at least a year. I like that approach. That's good. Yeah, that's a good way to sell it for sure. So that pitch that we do with Podcorn, Scott, try to do something like that. Okay. I'll work on that right now. We do have a question on one of the socials, uh, Joe Audio. You may, uh, from what I understand, you might actually be on his podcast tomorrow, uh, the Yeah About That podcast. Yes, who has more power on the network, you or Lewis? Right now we're, we're well, not 50-50 owners because there's a couple of other minor investors, but we yeah. have equal, equal investment in this. So I would say that we butt head. Oh, wow, look what just happened right Technical difficulty. See, see, yeah. you need the you need the Apple headphones. Wow. <laughs> I'll just do this here. It's there our open. Go. It's just it's um, 
Yes, yeah, we're, we're known we're known for this. That's funny. I don't even know how that happened. I got to tighten that screw. Um, so we both have equal partnership, but there's been times where you know we get into screaming matches pretty regularly about things that need to happen on the on the on the network. We end up usually seeing eye to eye on most stuff, but once in a while we get into arguments. I would say the the reason why I believe that gas has grown to where it is is because our skill sets complement each other. What I he knows what I'm good at, I know what he's good at, and it's funny because he's so much more of a public figure than I. The whole the the um the narrative that was initially uh, cast by Legion fans and Lewis fans was that I was some rich kid that just gave Lewis money and said, go do a, go do a network. And that I had no input on it, which was funny. Um, it's now I think slowly people are starting to realize how that was just, it's preposterous, but, um, that was the idea a, that I had that much money to throw around was great, but B that I just was so wealthy that I would just allow someone I barely knew to just go ahead. Good luck, you know, but, yeah. uh, we currently, I would say, you know, these days thing, we have a good team, and we have, uh, we do see eye to eye. We've we've made a lot of mistakes, and we joke about how we probably would have never started this company had we known how many sleepless nights. Like I generally, and the st- any one of my staff will tell you, I'm up till about maybe one o'clock, twelve thirty, one o'clock on an average night, and I'm up at like six. And it's because I'm constantly answering every tech problem, every issue, every email that comes in, I need to be on there and make sure that we're operating as much as can as we can. I just don't fucking sleep. And I go to bed every night with two or three emails in my inbox and that's it. I make sure that by the time I go to bed, there is nothing re- that and doesn't require a reply until some other point. You know what I mean? So I don't want to, yeah. if I didn't, I would wake up with 10,000 unanswered emails and I just would rather respond immediately all the time like right now i see since we started talking i have 26 emails in my inbox that are going to be answered as soon as we're done with this because i respond to people immediately all the time wow 26 emails and how many are they uh are like like uh penis enlarging pills only it's all i exclusively deal with penis enlargement <laughs> nice well, i didn't see you guys were with Luchu. we actually uh hit them up uh, we would try to do some type of sponsorship. We were going to try to do like a promo and and uh, use their product, but they haven't answered our pr- uh, pitch yet. I don't it. think we're, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure with Blue Chew, I get confused sometimes, but I don't think we're dealing with them directly. I think we, okay. it was part of like a package deal with one of the like, with one of the bigger advertising companies. We, we sell about 60% of our ads. My goal is to get it to like 70 before the, before the end of the year. But 60% of our ads are sold in-house and 40 are done through third-party networks. Obviously, if you sell them in-house, you're making more money. But if you have unsold inventory, there's no reason to just make a deal and take a cut, you know? So, I mean, most of these, I don't know where you're hosted, but most of these companies offer DAI ads that are at a laughably low CPM rate. But for and for those of you that are not tech savvy, essentially uh, with our host provider Sprecker, they they you know we run a, an ad before. Sometimes we do it in the middle, and then sometimes we do it at the end. But essentially, all that's for is just to pay our host provider, and then right. we're out 
directly trying to find a different sponsor to to you know sponsor the show and and you know if it's anything extra like recently we had my bookie for a little bit and and that kind of like paid for some media stuff that we were trying to do uh to promote the show a little bit more but yeah we're still putting shelling money into it we were talking with spreaker for a while but uh we didn't make a deal we came close but we didn't make a deal i feel that their percentages on the ad side are a little too aggressive Mm -hmm. and i wasn't comfortable making that deal um So especially because they required every show on the network to give X amount of spots. And I just, that inventory cost is, is worth too much to me to make the deal. So it just, it just financially did not make sense. Well, it's funny that you, you say that you were in with them and then like, that's our, that just relatable fact, I guess. Yeah. Cause the owner of Spreaker came to the studios. If I, I, I may be confusing people, but I think he's the guy he owns the National Lampoon brand. The guy that invested in Spreaker. I think it was, I may be confusing two different people. I meet, towards the, before COVID, I was meeting a lot of different people. We met the uh, the head of the Pandora podcast division and yeah. a few yeah. other people. So I, my brain sucks and I sometimes match the wrong people. But, um, and we talked about us coming over there to Spreaker, but it just didn't make sense to us. Like, you know, we currently, and we're looking for a new provider, but it, it's got to make it's got to make sense. A lot of these providers, as you're attesting to, when they run ads, you may see very little of that because they're doing it to cover their costs, their hosting costs. So it yeah. sounds great that you're not paying any hosting costs, but then when you're and you're at uh, like you said, close to a thousand listeners, if you're at a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, then that becomes a very valuable spot that you're giving up for them to pay their hosting. Exactly. What, what do you guys, what do you like? You said that you guys do, um, you know, and not an antic, but like, a uh, some I type call it, I call it a stunt show. Yeah. A stunt show. Yeah. Well, like where do the ideas come from? Uh, some are listeners. We, I know sometimes I'll just shoot it out to the listeners. Some, most are in my stupid header Jays. Um, you know, it depends on, uh, one or two came from Shannon, my, my producer. I think one of them, which was, a you know, we did the, our first event. Well, it started with this. We did a, um, when the show was in this apartment, when it was just the show before the network, we did the stupid thing called up the Annie. So whenever a porn star came in, we told them what the last porn star did and they had to do something to up the Annie. Right. So first we saw, ooh, we saw a booby. Woo. Right. Then it was, yeah. well, if you showed us our boobies. You're going to have to show us, uh, your vagina. And then it was like, well, you got to show us your ass. So what do you know? And it got progressive to the point where we had girls peeing in our mouths at one point. Like it just got so ridiculous, you know, that what are you going to do? And there was no anti to be upped at that point. So then it was, let's come up with these ideas. It's the first one was my dumb idea was called rock and roll jeopardy with consequences. Right. We did a live event somewhere. We got a, a couple hundred people to show up and it was, me versus Jay versus uh, a fan in Rock and Roll Jeopardy. And if you won uh, the question, you know, they ask a question in a category, you get it right, you get the points like you would on normal Jeopardy. You get it wrong, you lose the points like you would on normal Jeopardy. But there was a dominatrix on stage that would also humiliate you. Oh, right? <laughs> that was the first game we did. And then it went to the second one. Brilliant. Was, Brilliant. Um, we did name that tune with consequences. So it was the name that tune game, me versus Jay. 
And if you got the question right, you got your points. And there was a beautiful female porn star on stage that you got to do a reward with. So like maybe it was make out. Maybe it was uh, lick her genitals. Whatever it was. There was like 10 of them. And you get that. But if you got it wrong, there was a gay male porn star on stage and you had to do it with him. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Right? (laughs) So that was like the first couple of shows. Yeah. And we did each of those a couple times. We did a... um, a family feud one once that involved the loser had to get something put up the winner. The winner put something up the loser's butt uh, in that one, you know. But then it went to these stunt shows in studio because the the live shows for me were too much work. Like I, we were doing one every quarter. It was just too much work. Um, and we did the the one that I brought this up so many times. This is an idea I had. I wanted to do my old radio show, but it was not legal. Was we are going to call it the Or Olympics. We will get a $1,000 escort, and we will get a $100 escort, and we will get blindfolded one-minute blowjobs to see if it's worth the extra $900. And that was a listen to episode. So you couldn't see her. You couldn't touch her. You couldn't... uh, All you could do is feel the one-minute blowjob. And we both picked the $100 girl. So it shows you that... If you take everything else out of the picture, you're throwing nine hundred dollars away. And in called, reality, you're throwing a thousand dollars away because you can get that for free. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're going down that road, is what I'm saying. That's true. <laughs> if you have to pay, you should skip on the cost. Yes, That's exactly. Yeah. Or and, and just wear a blindfold. Um, That's true. Then one of them. So, did you guys negotiate it all with them or no? Say again. Did you guys negotiate with them at all? Oh, or I mean, ahead of time, we, I wanted them. I wanted one girl to be unbelievably gorgeous, and I wanted one girl to not be unbelievably gorgeous. So that was what was funny to me. I just had someone that knew escorts, and I asked <laughs> her to just pick a, a, one that's really high end and one that's really low end, and that's what we came up with. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you twenty other dumb ones that we've done over the years. You know, um, Jay and I did a batch off where. We both agreed on a Thursday we would not have sex or masturbate. And then at that time, the show was taping on uh, Mondays. Is it now? I think now it's Wednesdays. By the time it was Mondays. And so that Monday, we both had a girl help us relieve ourselves into a cup. And then we weighed those cups. And then the loser had to pour the winner's jizz over his hands and wash his hands with the jizz. And Jay Jay lost and almost threw up. (laughs) It's just sanitizer. No, And all dumb stuff like that, really dumb. But to me, and I, I hate to use him as an example, but you know, I loved Howard Stern growing up. And the idea with Howard, to me, what made Howard magical was not just the cock and ball nonsense, which is always great to do, but yeah. he would have incredibly good interviews with all walks of life, comedians and singers and actors, and he would delve deep into their lives and get really good stories. And then the next week, you'd have girls fucking a Cybin, you know, like a Cybin, whatever I think it was called, um, or weighing their dumps. You know, like there was always that, that what am I going to hear today that I loved about Howard? So that is what I modeled this show after. So we've had, I did a one-on-one interview with Mark Cuban for an hour that I would put up against any interview that anyone's ever done. I thought it was an incredible hour, just me and him for an hour, right? And then we did fucking these dumb things, you know? So we've had great bands perform live. I had 
super like powerful conversation. DMC of Run DMC was telling us about the time he tried to kill himself. Like we were like so enthralled. And there were, you could hear a pin drop with listening to this crazy story of him. They had played, I think it was in the Ukraine when they came back with the down with the King record. It was their comeback record went to number one. And he said, look, we had the big, the first biggest rap group of all time. The first rap group to cross genres into rock. And then now we come back, we have the number one album. It's our biggest album of our career. And we're selling out the first American group to sell out in the Ukraine. I and I had a sold out show. I got off the stage and I said to myself, I'm never going to top this. So he was going to kill himself because he just felt he couldn't do better. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And he got help and he's got better. And, you know, then the next time he came on, I'm like, well, we can't talk about that again. So we had the idea, let's have a rap battle with DMC. And the question will not be which one of us won. It, the question is going to be which one of us is least terrible. <laughs> that's true. That's funny. That's very cool. So you're also, one thing I noticed, sorry about, um, one thing that you know, or that I noticed too, is you're a Rick and Morty fan. Huge. And we just, this yeah. week on SDR is uh, Spencer uh, Grammer, a.k.a. Summer from Rick and Morty. We just, that aired, that aired uh, two nights ago, and it'll be out for free on Sunday. And she was awesome. I didn't know much about her going into this, but I really loved the interview with her. She was so cool. And uh, boy, I love, I mean, I've loved Rick and Morty. I don't want to say from the get-go, but from before the first season ended. So I missed like, I don't know how many, let's say there's 12 episodes in a season, I don't know, but whatever it is, maybe on the 10th or 11th episode, I came into it. Okay. And you haven't gone bad. Yeah, no, I've watched them all. I've, I've seen every oh. single one of them multiple, multiple times. I'm just saying, like, with Family Guy, I saw that premiere, which was the 99, right after um, the Super Bowl, was the first episode of Family Guy. And I was a fan from day one, loved it from day one. But yeah. I, and I, I can't say that about Rick and Morty just because I missed the first. I just didn't watch them. So I, I was yeah. a little late to the party, but I was still comparative to most people pretty early. Yeah, I was the same way. I didn't jump on board until Mark actually mentioned. He was like, you got to check this out. Because I was thinking all I thought it was was basically, okay, it's just a back to the future. Kind of, you know, just seeing the commercials thinking mm. it's just back to the future kind of parody. Like, all right. But I'm like, and then he was like, no, you got to see this shit. And when I watched it, I was like, holy shit. This it's is, so intricate gotta, and smart. It's great. It's, it's, yeah, it's so good. The way that I describe it is it's so smart while being so stupid at the same time. And that's a great way to do it. Like, they'll they'll talk about, you know, multiverse, multiverse theories, and then they'll make a fart joke. Like, it's exactly what you want. I would imagine their audience skews predominantly male, but it's still, I just think it's a fucking incredible show. And, and unfortunately, with Spencer... She provides some insight, but she's no Dan Harmon. You know, yeah. she's not writing these things, but it was fun to hear stories from her perspective. And she did say that there is one very summer centric episode coming before the end of the season. Well, even oh, nice. Keep Summer Safe was a great episode. Oh, yeah. So good. Fan of her. Her, her like her, her being in the in the show like it, if i could continually say shut up summer i definitely would yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but keep summer safe is such a good episode and that that was a summer centric episode 
Uh, that being said, do you have a favorite Ricky Morty episode that you enjoy a lot? I would say that what I, and it's funny because, um, boy, I'm going to sound like a real dork and snorkel when I tell you this, but like I, one of my favorite shows of all time is Star Trek Next Generation, right? Okay. And I will always tell people to start with, uh, I forget what it's called right now, but the flute episode, it's a famous episode. It's the only episode that won a literary award, non-science fiction. Uh, I forgot the name of it right now because I just, my brain is working it. 40% since COVID, but um, it's just like an incredible episode. And I tell people, if you don't like that episode, don't bother with the show, you know, because this to me was just brilliant writing and an incredible episode. So you won't get, you won't like the show. Don't, if you don't see that, see that you don't like it, don't bother. So with Rick and Morty, the two episodes I always say is the get swifty episode yeah, and, uh, and the hey, uh, Mr. Meek Seeks the first time of yeah. Mr. Meek Seeks. Oh, nice episode. If you, if you don't get into it from those two episodes, you won't like the show. So yeah. don't. What did you think of the Kirkland brand, Mr. Meek Seeks? Oh, that was very funny. That was great. That was a really good dig. My, by the way, I told Summer, uh, Summer, that's fucked up, Spencer. Um, my favorite after credit scene of all time was this past week of. Uh, Summer's friend and her talking about her father keeping bees, and then at the end she goes, "I want to fuck your you fuck your father." And she goes, "Oh really?" Like that thirty second clip is so well written. And I watched it like twenty times. I just thought it was so well done. And so she, she was so excited for that to come out because it was her favorite credit, post credit scene. You That's knew hilarious. it. Was coming. You knew it was coming to it. Yeah, but like, it was just the delivery of that. Oh really? Was so good. It made it so funny. It was so great. That's awesome. And I was surprised to learn that she's doing a lot of the, they'll do a lot of pickups up until she said sometimes the day before it airs, they might wow. change the line because they know as long as the mouth movement is somewhat similar and you could even see it in that scene of uh, that we just talked about, the post-credit, the friend's mouth is a little off on one of the lines. They change the line. There's no way you didn't date in. But for ones that you're not going to bother. But um, So she's changed a couple of lines she said sometimes the day before. Wow. And, and have you watched, you've watched obviously this new season. Like what, what are your thoughts of this new season comparative to like some of the last ones? I think what's funny is that uh, people overanalyze it so much that you're taking away the fun. Just yeah. Enjoying yeah. It. You know, I'm sure there might be I, some grandiose plan for fucking evil Morty and uh, clone Beth and all of it. Who gives a shit? It's just, it's an enjoyable show. I don't need to freeze frame every single um, little thing into it. You know, like it just, it's just not worth it to me. But some things I found fascinating, like in the episode last week where uh, the, the VAT episode, that was the episode. It was, it was so great. Um, they talk about at the end that, oh, we're not in our reality. Uh, we, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck up our reality. We'll go back to our universe, right? And he said the reason why he likes this reality is the Rocky Road doesn't have marshmallows. Do you remember that was the line in the end of it, right? <laughs> and if you go back and watch Freeze Frame when um, he was in the ice cream parlor trying different ice cream, the Rocky Road is actually called Robbie Road. So that's actually a clue that they're not in our universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Nice. I, I did like the the Magic Train or the Dream Train episode. where yeah, it was A lot of people hated that episode, but I thought it was great. 
I thought it was great because it's just a huge F you to all the right. people that were like, you know, they're, they're reading too much into it. And, uh, you know, it, there's canon here or there's canon there or things like that. Like it, that episode just was a huge middle finger to just everybody that thinks that everything is canon when it comes to Rick and Morty. So it just shows that that show can go and do whatever they want, wherever they want. Yeah, And you just got to put the pieces together yourself. The biggest mistake they could do is start reading online comments and altering their trajectory because of whatever people in Reddit are saying. It'd be the right. dumbest thing in the world. They got there not listening to anybody. And he's there. You know, I think, you know, Ju uh, Justin is brilliant in his own right, but it's all Dan. Dan is fucking his brain is on a different level that you know you meet people like what's it like larry david on curb your enthusiasm his brain works a different way than anybody else he produced yeah. 19 years of incredible television who else could fucking say that you know mm -hmm. that we're all groundbreaking and this past season of curb was phenomenal i don't know if you watched curb either, but it just was a phenomenal season and it all comes from his head it's it's crazy and so Dan is one of those people. He's, you also meet people like that in the music in the music world, like Nikki Six from uh, Motley Crue. Right? Mm -hmm. He wrote every Motley record, every song. Big deal, good music, great. Have you like it or not? Doesn't matter. The part that's amazing is when you hear, oh, he wrote songs for the Backstreet Boys and Saliva and mm -hmm. Celine Dion, and he wrote songs for all these other people. That some of them they they recorded, some of them they didn't. But he worked with these people because. His brain works that way. He's a fucking songwriter, you know? So certain people, you, you all, all of us, I feel, and it's funny, I just had this discussion the other day, it's a real one-two punch. Everyone's brain is, is wired a certain way, but you also need to have a passion for the way your brain is wired. So what I mean by that is, you might be, Scott, the best singer in the world, but yep, you don't give a shit about singing so we'll never know, you know, and yeah. Mark, you might be a mathematician, but math bores you. So you never got there. So it's got to be the one, two punch of, oh, my brain is wired for this and I love it. Yeah. You, you know, the hilarious thing is you actually picked us completely opposite. He's the singer is and he? I'm the mathematician. Yeah. So okay. that's kind of crazy. Could you sing his math problems? And yes. Go ahead. Or I'm going to sing it. You want me to sing it? Ready? No, I'm just messing. <laughs> We're all both awful singers. So it's not. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm, I'm, I haven't heard you sing. Uh, I plan uh, to try to at some point in the in the future when COVID's not going crazy. You know, it, it's a part of our lives, I guess. Uh, to try to do some type of antic show with you, uh, if you'd be down for that. But uh, I greatly appreciate that you came onto the show. You took time out. You talked basically podcast business Which is awesome. uh, with us. Um, I broke my microphone. You yes. broke. Well, Sorry I mean, for that. It's an omen we have. We have technical issues. Obviously, you've seen or heard that in different episodes. We have that on a regular basis. Um, can you tell us where we can? Obviously, people should, people should know where to find you. But can you tell us where we can find you and uh, all of that fun sure. stuff? The easiest thing in the world is I'm I'm a big fan of the term I coined called social symmetry, meaning. I am everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton. The SDR show is everywhere at the SDR show. So it's just whether you're looking on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, whatever, you'll find them at that. And I think it's important when you start a show, 
You don't necessarily need to have a name that's unique, but yeah. find something unique that you can associate with that name, if that makes any sense. So, like, we would love to have been, uh, I think when we were the SDR show, I think SDR show was taken. But we added the the, and we got that everywhere, you know? So that's what I mean by that. Just be creative in what you're going to call it. Like, you you know, maybe um, Amigos PC is taking, but Amigos PCAST or Amigos Pod C or whatever, there's going to be some, or the A, the Amigos P, whatever the fuck it is, yeah. there's some computation, you know, some derivative of it that's going to be everywhere, and that's the one you grab. It's funny so, you mentioned. So we need to change. So we need to change our name. Is that what you're saying? No, you change your name. I just think you should also, by the way, uh, I like the '80s vibe of the logo. You know, you like that. Yeah, um, we, we just revamped Miami that. Vice, by the way, right? Is that what it is? Miami Vice logo. It, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. kind of looks like that. I think it's exactly that logo. Not kinda. <laughs> you know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is that. Fiber don't, does. Don't, Fiber don't does. That's all. <laughs> But yeah, social symmetry is important. That's what I, that's why my I, I always end up getting into podcast chats and I apologize. I don't know if you guys wanted to talk more about vaginas and penises. Uh, you know, I could always do that another time, but I don't know why I got into this. Uh, I've been so locked into making sure all our podcasts are up to snuff lately that I've just been really in a, in a podcast mode. And because of my fucking almost 18 years in radio, I think I look at shows from a different lens. No, I, I like the conversation that we had and I greatly appreciate that we actually, you know, had this kind of conversation. This is things that I'm up late at night, similar to like you, uh, maybe not answering emails with fan base or anything like that, but essentially trying to figure out another way to get us in front of fan base. Scott will be on the brunt end of that at like two 30 in the morning, three in the morning, getting text messages. Hey bro, we need to do this or Hey bro, we need to do that. So the fact that you brought that up and, uh, I can actually relate to it and, and things that you do. Like I, I, I appreciate it at least. Thank you. And yeah. is it wrong of me if I send you guys a bill for this? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, the funny thing is we already have an Uber coming your way to bring you a new mic. Oh, that'd be nice. That's beautiful. Because <laughs> I know, aren't you guys still on lockdown too? Yeah, we're on, we're on real lockdown. We are, we are much more lockdown than you guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They just, they just opened us up this week, I think. Sounds All good. right. Cool. Amigos out. Yes. Thanks, Ralph. Thank you.